Ozone. Welcome to the Ozone Podcast, presented by ViStar Credit Union, featuring Jaguar senior writer John Osher and executive producer Dave DeCandis. It's our first chance to start to get to know the new Jaguars coaching staff. Uh, I think a lot of people listening will be very familiar with the name of the person that we're talking to. Hopefully, we'll get a chance to get to know that person a little bit. I'm excited about it. Jaguars assistant head coach, linebackers, Charlie Strong. I hope I got the title right. Are you that worried about the title at this point? Uh, no, I'm not uh, worried about this title, Johnny. I'm um, you know, really excited about being here mm-hmm. and uh, having a chance to reunite with Coach Meyer again. You know, we uh, both have, uh, since our Florida days, we both have went on different journeys. And, you know, his is, uh, you know, leaving there and, and going to, uh, you know, ending up at Ohio State and then me having a chance to go to Louisville, to Texas, to South Florida. And now we're back in Jacksonville. There's so much that I want to talk to you about, but I think I think the relationship with Urban is the most fascinating to me. Um, is that the biggest reason that you're here in Jacksonville. I mean, obviously he hired, but the chance to do that again obviously was an appeal. Well, I tell you, our relationship started uh, back uh, at Notre Dame. Uh, I was at uh, the University of Notre Dame working for Lou Holtz, and then Urban came uh, on as an assistant coach, and we um, actually he stayed with me, uh, lived with me for about a month or two until his house was completed. And then he ended up going to a boat. I ended up leaving to go to South Carolina as a defensive coordinator with Coach Holtz. He ended up going to Bowling Green, then to Utah, and then to Florida. So when he came back to Florida, I was already there with Ron Zuck. And then, uh, you know, we got let go. And then uh, Urban came in, and I was one of the coaches that he retained. And, um, you know, had a lot of success at University of Florida. But just our relationship, um, you know, we built it over the years. Mm-hmm. And uh, just having a chance to uh, come back and work with him again was, uh, you know, very appealing. And I, ju- I just feel like uh, sometimes you um, you just know coaches and you've been in this profession a long time. And some guys just have a way of, of how they win, how they build programs. And I just wanted to be a part of it. What is it about you two that uh, clicked? Are you like-minded? Or it, it, is it opposites attract, or how would you say it? Well, I think it's more of opposite attracts because I, I'm more outgoing than he mm-hmm. is. And, but, um, you know, we, you, you, you think and you kind of think and you go down the same path because you have had the same training where, you know, like where we started at. And so, you know, the training is is the same. But, you know, we're all, at the end of the day, we all want to win. We all want to build programs. We all want to impact young people. And we just want, want everything to to uh, happen where, you know, there's success. And, and you look at a program and you want to, to uh, leave your uh, imprint on that program. Mentioned Holtz. You worked under Spurrier. You worked under Meyer. That's starting to be like Rushmore type stuff. How big of an influence? Uh, how special is that resume? I guess, if you will, and just talk about their influence on you. Well, I, I tell you, my journey. I've had an amazing journey, and and uh, this profession has been really good to me because, you know, I started really with Charlie Pell as a GA oh, back right. back yeah. during the day, and uh, <laughs> at the University of Florida. I got some stories from that. Oh, era oh now. yeah, with, with Coach <laughs> Pell, you know, and and at that time, if you think about it, and 
and that's kind of where um, just where I, I have so many friends because you know from Gary Road and Neil Anderson to Crawford Kerr to Nolomus Brown, you know a lot of those guys, Eric Hodges, a lot of those guys. We we still stay in contact okay. with one another, and you know it start it start Brett Wigman. It just started building from there, but uh, I had I. You know, in this profession, I've worked for Coast Spurrier. I worked for Lou Holtz. I have worked for Urban Meyer. I've worked for Nick Saban. Uh, and so, and then uh, there's Ron Zuck. I've worked for Zucker. Uh, I, Gary Darnell had taken over a, mm-hmm. a year or two at Florida. I was at Ole Miss with uh, Billy Brewer. Uh, I was a GA with Jackie Sherrill. So, I mean, I've had some different personalities. And what you try to do with each one of those coaches, you try to take a piece from them because you can't be them. You have to be yourself. But it, it's always where when it, either where you're building a program or you've been around coaches that have had a lot of success, you try to just, you know, you, you watch them. Like I had a chance um, just last season to spin it at – at Alabama with Coach Saban, and, and you can see why he's successful, and you can see why he's probably he will go down as one of the uh, best coaches to ever coach in college football. Because it's he he has he knows what he is a process. He knows what he wants to do, and he does not deviate from that process. And you have and you know yourself what to expect because a lot of times <clears throat> you've seen it where you don't know what to expect and you kind of every day is asking a question what we're going to do no no every day you know at this time we're going to do this at this time we're going to do this and the players even know it so and and no and being with coach uh, Spurrier I always say this about coach Spurrier he changed college football cuz you can remember when he came in the southeastern conference it was three yards in a cloud of dust, you know. You know, they rammed the ball, jammed the ball, jammed the ball. You run, run, run. And then coach came in and he started spreading people out and he made you, he made you defend the width of the field and the length of the mm-hmm. field. And he just opened it up and, and that's the first time, you know, people always talk about, you know, matchups, matchups. Coach has started that back in the nineties because if you think about when we had Reed L and you had Ike and you had Chris Dorn, you had Danny Warfel, you you had all those different McKenzie, you had all those different players, but they were making plays and, and he would, you know, he would flex guys out like Aubrey Hill. He would put Aubrey in at tight end and Mm -hmm. flex him out into the boundary and, 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 uh, see the mismatch with a linebacker, but he changed college football and, and it was just, uh, having a chance to just work with different coaches with different personalities, but they all were winners and and they had a a way about themselves the way they wanted to get it done. I covered a couple of those teams as we talked about, and I can remember a game. We're a little off track here, but I can remember a game where the opposing team is in the SEC didn't have enough cornerbacks to cover five wide receivers <laughs> because they had not recruited because the game was different. And after that, all teams always had cornerbacks, but I forget what it was, and Chris Doring had a monster game. And when you looked at the depth chart, you realized uh, they don't have enough guys to cover this many guys. You know, so again, oh yeah, a but you, track, but so. you you saw that because he would spread people out. So you know, a linebacker would have to walk out, yep. and then once that linebacker walked out, you knew where the ball was going, right. and you knew where the mismatch right. was. Nobody was doing that at that point. Getting back to Urban a little bit, what you know, you talked about saving. <clears throat> Take me inside Urban a little bit in terms of everybody knows he's been successful. Why the unbelievable success and the confidence that everybody on the staff, everybody who's around Urban, 
firmly believes that he's going to be successful at any level. Is there a trait that gives him that? You know, you know what Urban does is that he he builds confidence within his coaches first. And then he wants the coaches to take the confidence that he has built within them and pass it to the players. Like he gets you, like he he is not, and he's not selling you. It's, it's just that, you know, what he talks about when he talks about there's a standard here, and guys, this is our standard, and this is where it's when. It, and then he talks about the culture. You know, it's relentless effort. Mm-hmm. It's you know, it's four to six seconds. It's it's plus two. It is you know, it's it's that having a competitive, excellent about you. And then where you own it, where he 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 builds it within his coaches, and then the coaches take it and and they take it to the players, and it's and it's one voice, it's one message. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's not off trying to you know say where hey the defensive line coach has got you know he's telling his players this or the or the offensive line coach. No, no, it's it's what's built already within the culture and what and he's simple t- stuff. And, right? and it's it's right. very simple because you know any any time. You're you're looking to reestablish or just develop an identity. You you still got to have standards and you have a discipline and attitude about you. But it's 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 you know it's it's something that he has built over the years and he's been successful doing it. And so when you have had success, it's not hard to sell coaches on what you're trying to do. I'm not going to Charlie Strong podcast, not Urban. But one more question about Urban. Um, because you've seen it. He has not been a stagnant coach on the level that you're saying, meaning he changed at Ohio State. He changed from Bowling Green to Florida. Uh, there's an ability to change in there and adapt, too, that I assume will be shown at the NFL level in the transition. Well, what he does is he looks at his roster and he finds out, you know, what are we going to be good at? What do I have? And you're right from him going from Bowling Green to Utah when he had Alex Smith Mm -hmm. at quarterback and he did a lot of different things. And then from Utah to Florida where you first had Chris Leak and and then then you transition from Chris to Tim Tebow were just two totally different quarterbacks in two years in two years or really in one year Cause, right because right. yeah because Chris uh, you know Tebow comes in as a freshman and Chris was a senior so then you have that transition and then he goes to Ohio State and all the different quarterbacks that mm-hmm. he had there so he finds out he sees what he has within his roster and then he builds it he builds his team within that roster and he gets his coaches to accept what we have now guys let's go coach him and 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 he's you know his motto is that you know there's greatness in everyone you know don't, don't tell me that a guy can't do it if there's a, if a player can't do it there's a reason why he can't do it now let's find out why he can't do it and that's where the importance on coaching and the importance on message right in terms of that's where the assistant coach has to come in who's over those players every day. Every day. And and he and that assistant coach, you know, though when he's talking to him about the culture, he wants that assistant coach, hey, to to take this from the meeting, from our staff meeting and hey, let's relay it to our players where they understand, you know, this is what this is who we are and this is what we're all about. And there's a standard there and there's a way and it, and I expect you to perform up to this level. Urban last week said you were maybe, or uh, definitely the first hire, but perhaps the most important hire. Uh, How do you envision, or how do you guys envision your role? How do you see that breaking down, and what do you think it'll be? 
Well, I, I just look at it like this. He's a head football coach, and there's going to be some times where you know, he's going to – it's some things that he's going to ask me to do, and, mm-hmm. and I don't mind doing them. And, I, and, you know, I don't know if I was his first hire, but I, I can remember us having a conversation, and we, we were just talking about, hey, one more time, let's go get it done one more time. Now, but, I got asked about that conversation. But, <laughs> where was that? Was that – like, did you have a couple of wines in him at that point trying no. to get to him? or what? Was no, that? I didn't have a couple of wines in him. He, he, He's one of those guys that you just know this that he wasn't done coaching. Right. Like, like okay, like I, you know, we we um, took us a break from Ohio State. Then we became a commentator. Then, you know, for just some people, you, you just know that mm-hmm. um, they 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 have it in them, and and they they still want to go coach. And and it's just our nature. It's our right. attitude. Like. I, there's no way I can sit down right now. I right. I, I can't do it, and and I knowing him that, that he for sure can't do it. So we we were just sitting around. I can't even remember where it was, but we were just sitting around talking. And he's like, he said, "Come on!" I said, "Yeah, wait, one more time. Let's let's go do it." Because because when you see someone and they've had success and and you knowing what they're all about. Then you want that person. Like I, I look at him, and and I just say this: that you need this profession needs you. You you need to be a part of this profession because you're you're all about like changing young people's lives. You're all about being in the middle of it, and you want to see them grow and develop and become someone special. And that's, and that's why it was so important for him to get back on the field. And that really does matter to him. It, it, and again, I've talked to a couple, a couple of different people about Urban. Um, and the second chance theme always comes up, sometimes for better, sometimes for worse. But it matters to him seeing the players develop. That's at the core of it, isn't it? That oh, he doesn't want to leave a young person or somebody that he's responsible for who has trusted him behind. Oh, he, he doesn't. And, and is, he is, he's one of those guys. He is self-driven. So if you're self-driven and, and so you want to see that within the guys that you coach and the guys that you're going to be around. And even w- with your coaches, you, you want to make sure that, that they are, they have the right attitude about them. But he, um, he's, he is always going to, you know, not, not only push himself, but he, he's going to push, you know, he's going to push the players. Well, being in front of the team, you've mentioned that there'll be times when you're in front of the team. Uh, how often do you anticipate that? Is it is it tough to know what that'll mean? And will that be different in the NFL than it is in college? Well, I don't I don't think it'll be different. But you're dealing with it, what's going to be different is that you're dealing with elite players that are, are older. You know, just compared to when you're in college, where you have freshmen that are, you know, seventeen, eighteen years old. But but when you have the message and mm-hmm. and you, they uh, they hear your message and you know what you want to say to them, and I don't, I don't know how many t- how it's going to happen, but you know being a head coach, I've been in front of the team, so it's not going to bother me at all. But it, it, when you have a message for them and you want to hear where it's important, where you're just not going there just to you know waste their time or take up their time, but it, it's, it's always something to be said and you want to say the right thing so that you you can make sure that they are heading in the right direction. We laughed before this podcast started. I covered you back probably 26, 27 years ago, Mm -hmm. so we're a lot different than we used to be. But in the last eight or nine years, as I was Googling and reading about you a little bit, you've been through a lot, Charlie. I mean, this has been a long road the last seven or eight years. 
How are you different as a coach, leader, than you were before that first head job? How has that whole process changed you, improved you, readied you for this step? <clears throat> well, you're right. And you change, and every job's a challenge, and it is always a, a, a different challenge for you. And But what you do is you take every experience, and it is a learning experience for you. And we all want success, and it doesn't always happen. But when it doesn't happen, it does. You don't quit, or you don't. You just keep. You know, sometimes you, you do. You got to pick up the pieces and move on. But um, you know, coming back, I, I can remember. You know, from the success we had at Louisville, and then not doing so well at uh, Texas, and even at South Florida. But uh, you, you still. What, what you have to look at is. You, you take a step back and you say, you know what, I know I'm a good football coach. I know I can still impact uh, young people, like, young men's lives, and, and I know I can do those things. And so that's where, you know, a, a lot of people would be like, you know what, I'm done. And, but I was, I was never going to say I'm done, and I was, uh, was going to continue to coach. And, and I think that going to uh, Alabama last year really helped me because you know being there and seeing his success and how why he's been successful you can sit there and say you know what I I do things like this and this is the kind of way I, mm-hmm. I ran my program I just didn't have the success that he had that was my I guess my final question why keep at it I mean you wouldn't have to but it still drives you it, it says it's a drive within you and and you uh you know for for some reason we have that attitude that we we want to continue on, and we have so much more to give. When you feel like you have so much more to give, then you just you, you know that uh, I want to continue to coach. I, I I look at this sometimes, and I pr- probably look at I look at things. Some I shouldn't even go. You know, I look at the big picture as we call it, and I I look at our country, and I just say, you know what, we're in a country now where leadership is is critical, and we haven't had the leadership that we need in this country. And sometimes, and that leadership can be provided from coaches, and it can be provided where you try to impact lives, where you feel like, hey, I can still teach, you know, where I can still teach, and I have a lot to learn also, but I can still teach people how to do things and do things the right way and and, and be a part of something special. Because when you come together as a team, you know, now you, you have to – Feel like that, you know. It's, it's not only not only is it affecting you, but it's affecting everybody on that team. So when you make decisions, you want to make the right ones. And people needing that doesn't stop when they leave college. Meaning, what you're talking about translates to the NFL. Well, I, I think that once they leave college, then it really becomes uh, very important for them because you, you think about it. You know, you leave college, and now you have. Some of them end up with a family. Some of them end up with more than they ever have had. <laughs> and so now that them having more than they've ever had, you they still need to learn how to manage what they have. And, and they still need to – you know, people think sometimes that – Hey, because a person is in a certain position that that they still don't know it, they they have stopped growing and they have stopped learning. But it doesn't stop. You you have to continue to teach people, and you have to because I always look at I got a twenty three year old daughter, 
And sometimes I'm sitting there like scratching my head like, wow, I cannot believe she did that. <laughs> but I have a 24-year-old son, I feel <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, but, right, but, you know, right. but about, like, you said to me like, wow. Like, but that's why I say that it doesn't stop because they're, they're professionals. And, and sometimes they need your help more than anything because, you know, they're, they're looking at, okay, well, I'm playing professional football. Now, I may play this game for five years. I may lucky be fortunate enough to play it for ten but when I'm done playing, life still goes on. Mm. So there's still decisions that I'm have to make, and probably if someone has already lived that life, they can offer me some advice. How deep are you guys into the process now? I guess the staff is in place, mm-hmm. so the wheels are turning. Where are you right now, and how fast has this gotten started? If you follow me, like there's a process coming together, but now you got to go to work. Yeah, we, and we have. I, I think that uh, we probably completed the staff last week, so we have been meeting some on defense and and uh, and offensively. We're, we're meeting, and plus now is also you're looking at we're, what we're doing now is really looking at our team mm-hmm. and trying to get to know self scouting if you will. It's just right. self scouting, but we we have to build relationship with the players we have, mm-hmm. and and because it's going to come and down. That's tough to, because it's, it's tough because we OTAs, OTAs, right. and they're not in here and you're. And some of them kind of have a feel for who you are, but you still got to pick up the phone and, mm-hmm. and try to build that relationship and, and just talk to them and, and ask them how they're doing. Because what's going to be important is that you got to know who they are. And, and sometimes guys are not so quick to open up to you. You know, it's, it's, there's a trust issue there. And if they trust you, then they'll start giving you a little more each and every time you speak with them. But we just we got to get to know who we are. Right. And then we'll start looking at, you know, and football is going to be here and we're going to know what we're going to do. But I, I think that really is key now is, is let's get to know our team and know the guys that are here. Final thing we do on this, I'm looking over at David <clears throat> Wolf if we have time for it. it. takes about three minutes. We call it the Ozone 5. The Ozone 5. Five. Five. It's five very fast questions. Answer as fast as you want. Okay. <laughs> Your last okay. binge watch, if you binge watch television. Wait, no TV in a coach's No TV. Life. I don't have no TV. Gotcha. I haven't had a chance to. You know, I think the last thing I watched was the Super Bowl. And that's the first half. And I didn't watch the second <laughs> half. I got you. <laughs> Your first job you ever had, if you can remember that far back. Uh, pumping gas at a service station. Teach you anything? Oh, yeah. Just in and out? Well, no, no. I had to go out there and pump that gas. That's when it wasn't no... Uh, uh, no so listeners it, it, know what the, you're talking about. It, that's right. It, it was it was full service. So you walked out there and somebody hey, give me three dollars worth of gas, and you took that gas cap off. Wow. And you took that nozzle, you stuck it there, and you pumped three dollars in. They pay you, and then you walk back in. I got you. Your first car, uh, a green Chevy Impala, like a 19. I don't even remember the year. I'm assuming it wasn't new. Oh, it was not new. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was not new. I got you. Your best sport other than football? Baseball. Any, uh, how good were you? I was pretty good. I was a center fielder, so I love baseball. I probably should have stuck with it. (laughs) (laughs) Final question. Person in your life who you wouldn't be here without? I had an uncle by the name of N.H. Strong, and he owned a service station. He was actually... Probably, if I can remember, he was the only black. He was the only black owned business in our town. Okay, and I worked for him, and he just taught me so much. 
about, I assume, life. And, life and how to work and, you know, and how to appreciate everything that you have. Gotcha. So not really sports, but life. Just he life, period. Yeah, because gotcha. he would, I mean, I don't even know if he ever cared about played a sport because I would go to work on Saturdays at like 6 o'clock in the morning and he would bring me home like at 7 o'clock that night. So I gotcha. would, yeah, so pumping that gas, washing cars. Charlie, I can't thank you enough for joining us during what I know is a very busy time and giving enough fans a chance to get to know you a little bit. I look forward to working with you, and thank you for being on the Ozone Podcast. All right, thank you, and thank you for having me on. Appreciate you, Charlie.